You're listening to Lighten Up with the Declutterista, and I'm your host, Becky Bass, the Declutterista. I'm all about having fun with mom life, decluttering, and interviewing inspiring guests. Hi, everyone. So I just wanted to talk about myself because that's super fascinating. I actually wanted to kind of, you know, not brag, but just say that I'm proud of myself for a few reasons. And it's funny because I think it's uncomfortable and awkward to do that. Like right now I'm nervous all of a sudden, you know, you go to, you run into a friend or an acquaintance and they don't look thrilled and they say, how are you doing? And I kind of, you know, shave off. There's all these things that I'm doing that I'm excited about, but I kind of try to like pull out like the drama or the thing that's not going well. So I can just kind of meet them where they are, where if I'm reading their energy is like, you know, they don't seem to be in a good place. So it's all about, you know, making people, sometimes I try to make people feel comfortable or meet them where they are and not um, be like, well, I'm doing this podcast and my business is very fun and I'm meeting all these people. Anyway, so, but I'm feeling in a good place. Um, And I don't talk a lot about my business on this podcast. Um, I'm so excited to interview people or talk about silly things that happen. I don't really talk about it. So I thought I would talk about it a little bit more so people get a sense of what I do because they might think this podcast is all about decluttering and my business and things like that, but I kind of forget to talk about that. Um, So I've had my business for a couple years and I started it through Pepper Lane. I did talk about it in the first um, episode. I'm not naturally organized. I'm still working on it. Um, I love to take like a real disaster, like a garage, a basement, or even like a more pleasant room, a kitchen. It doesn't even have to be a disaster, but to to have like a huge um, turnaround in a few hours. And um, I usually work with people like me, kind of overwhelmed, busy. They seem to be very bright. Um, I don't know if that's how the brain is working, is like they have a lot of skills and talent, and yet it's it's hard for them to manage their home. Um, I love just meeting new people and connecting with them, and it's pretty amazing. I kind of take it for granted because it comes naturally how comfortable we can feel within minutes. Like I don't know these people always, and I'm just going into their house, going through their stuff, feel like part of their family. So I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I've promoted it over social media a little bit. After listening to um, Amanda Hem and Sarah Douglas of Sudians, who were postpartum doulas, I was re-listening to it and I was like, I could do that. I could be good at that. You know, being a postpartum doula, helping moms and families when they have a newborn at home, not a birth doula, postpartum. Um, I just think... What comes naturally to me is making people feel comfortable, um, you know, kind of trying to meet them where they are and figure out what I can do to be helpful. And something I like, it seems like, um, you know, motherhood can be very challenging for people, especially when there's a newborn. I've conveniently forgot that a lot of that. Um, But I think there needs to be more fun in life for people in general, but also moms. Um... So, you know, one of the reasons I want to help people is to just kind of help them with their mindset and how to insert more fun into their life and not be so afraid to do what, you know, to try new things and be open. Um, so, so that's kind of where I'm at. And I just was starting to think about like, what am I doing well? Because I'm constantly working on myself and like a lot of people, I'm hard on myself. Um, so I just listed a couple of things what I'm doing well. And this is the question that I ask myself when I'm feeling eh, really bad, eh, crappy. Um, and it seems to kind of jolt me into a better place. So I noticed a big difference. I, I think I've mentioned that I do Corinne Crabtree's Fit and Fat. Uh, it's not a diet. Um, it's basically four, basically four basics, um, which are planning your food every day, um, looking at your hunger scale, which is like, I really need to work on that more because my whole life I've been eating till I was full or overeating, um, water and sleep. Sleep is a little sketchy, but anyway, I notice a huge difference in my mindset and how I feel about myself by planning my food. And I think a lot of, I heard this somewhere that confidence comes from basically sticking to your commitments to your, like, uh, what's, how do I phrase this? doing what you say you're going to do. 
But just the fact that I'm writing down my food and planning it, it makes me feel much better. It's actually, it feels like it's activating my prefrontal cortex decision part, making um, the decision making part of my brain versus the toddler brain that's always like hanging out and get, you know, not helpful. It's like the, um, you know, just do it, eat the cookie or do whatever you feel like that part of my brain. So when I, when I plan my food, I feel like a grown up and making good decisions and I'm thinking more clearly. And that's kind of how I feel today. I feel kind of calm as opposed to the, um, and also like my part of a unit I was doing on uh, Corinne's plan was time management and things, how to make the most of your time. And I feel like in my free time when my kids are in school and also I'm with my kids, I plan things that I want to do. Um, I love to network. I love to meet new people. So I'm always going to meetings that might be unique for some business owners. I'm lucky like that comes naturally. Um, I even go to the movies, whether it's by myself or with my family. I, what else do I do? That's interesting. That's fun. Um, I work, I declutter. That's always a good joy. It's like instant gratification, connecting with people. Um, yeah. So, you know, to make time for fun. I know it's, it's trickier if you're, uh, work full time. Um, but yeah, so that's, I'm proud of how I spend my time and I don't say, oh, I'm too busy to do this or I'm too busy for that. Um, and I also don't have as much, uh, fear of missing out or guilt. I should go to that meeting. Like I'm better at kind of chilling, um, at night and supposed to always going out if there's something fun going on. So I'm better at that. Um, there's a lot of things I was working on with my kids as my and my parenting, like even though I declutter, I was picking up around my kids and not asking anything of them because I knew I'd get irritated if they said, well, I knew so. If they're playing nicely, I just deal with it. So I'm better at expecting more out of them. And I think that gives them habits. Um, I'm also better at bedtime with them. I used to get really stressed out. Like I can't wait for bedtime, go to seven o'clock. You have to be in bed or I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to start yelling. So now I kind of wait till my husband gets home like eight, eight thirty, and we kind of do it together. And I don't get all freaked out if he, if the dog starts barking when he gets home and wakes up the kids while I'm in the middle of trying to put two to bed at the same time. So that's a lot less stressful. And, um, something I'm also working on is my daughter, um, I usually kind of put her to bed. My husband puts my son to bed and she wants to chit chat. And it's like, I'm still, it's later. You know, I worry about how much sleep they're getting. I want my time. But part of me is like, this is, she's seven. She's not going to want to talk to her mom. Maybe she's not going to want to talk to me. This is like precious time. But so I'm kind of struggling with that. Just letting her chat and not like be like, just go to bed. Stop talking. Close your eyes. Like she wants me to sit with her until she go falls asleep, which is kind of fine. But if she starts talking, I'm like, oh my God, you're never going to go to sleep. Uh, but it's kind of precious time. So I'm working on that. Um, yeah, and just being more present with them as opposed to having feeling like the house always has to be just so. So that's better. Um, and I think I also have a great life because I ask for help and I'm always trying to improve myself, whether it's parent coaching, relationship coaching, business coaching, going to the gym in the morning. But I'm always asking for help. Um, and I love to help other people. Um Part of the part being part of the little being a business owner, uh, one of the best parts is just meeting other people. I'm just totally open. If someone says, Do you want to do this? Do you want to come to this? I rarely say no. Um, and I think that makes my life more interesting, more fun, more opportunities open up. Um, I'm always growing and changing, thinking about what I can do with my business. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have a Facebook live, um, decluttering party and school vacation because I want, yes, I do love to declutter for people and organize them, but I want them to feel empowered to be able to do it themselves. So I thought I could try to make it fun. So I'm all about making things that aren't fun, um, more enjoyable and try to turn them kind of into a party situation. So I'm in the process of making a decluttering playlist, which obviously has, um, hip hop from the nineties, like, uh, good vibrations. I love Marky Mark. Um, what else? Growing and changing. I'm actually also wearing clothes. Like sometimes I'm actually wearing jeans as opposed to yoga pants. So that's big news. And a habit that I'm feeling pretty good about, which might seem a little bit silly, 
but um, I was addicted to Starbucks, and I actually have a Starbucks right here. Um, but I would go multiple times a day and drop a ton of money. I would go in the drive-through, and then if I was with my kids, I would drop a ton of money there. So now all I do pretty much, except today, a few days, is I go to McDonald's, which is half the price, McDonald's drive-through, um, and I'm just impressed that I don't miss this constant. Starbucks habit. I'm also having black coffee, which I've mentioned because I was doing heavy cream for a while. I thought I'd all of a sudden be super small taking out the heavy cream. That's not happening, but that's okay. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling like I can start not getting some, acquiring some good habits one step at a time. My next thing that I'm working on is nighttime eating. Um, you know, because I think that just contributes to a lot of waste. And Corinne Crabtree or someone in that program said, do you do you want to be the type of person that has to eat, that has to eat after dinner every night? So I like that. That was kind of helpful. So those, you know, I'm proud of myself. Um, I always proud of myself. Am I always feeling good? No. Oh, and I think the reason I wanted to do this is because my big sister, who um, definitely a role model in term in a lot of ways, and uh, she's very organized, uh, very good at time management, very confident in a lot of ways. Um, she it was so funny actually. So we do this Korean crab tree in the morning, and um, she. <laughs> prints out things for me. She buy, gets me planners. I'm definitely like the baby of the family. Like people have been taking care of me for a very long time. Um, people are a lot older than me, just saying. So she prints out these worksheets and even has a little folder for me and even makes me breakfast in the morning, like these really good muffins and sometimes like a veggie sausage. Anyway, after I was leaving, because my daughter is like, so sad when I go to the gym and I'm not home when she wakes up. So I kind of try. I made a deal with her, like I'll be home at this time, but you have to like stop pulling my guts out. So I was leaving and I took the workbook, put it in the folder and then put it in the right place in the drawer. And I've never seen my sister look so proud. She's like, oh my God, you are really changing. You are really like, you know, you are on top of things. She's like, you would have just left but you put it, I didn't even notice, you just put it away. So it was just, I think it put me in a good mood. Anyway, so I think it was pretty funny that she just noticed, like I was just naturally kind of in the zone, putting things together. Um, so yeah, if anyone's just feels like eh in their life and they could do better, I would love to help anyone, whether it's decluttering, whether it's postpartum doula, whether it's just a chat and connecting them with resources. Um, this is my thing. All right, so my decluttering tip in that sort of genre is um, I noticed a pattern um, that I've had for quite some time, definitely since I've had kids. So it's actually killing time. Um, and what I mean by that is, so let's say like I have a, a kid's activity at four for karate and we have to be, you know, in Walpole and I pick up the kids at like 3.15. I, going home for a few minutes is like, oh, I can't. Like since they, it's, it was a lot getting two kids similar age. I know people have like 4 million kids, but getting them in and out of the car, trying to coerce them. So I think because that was hard when they were little, I still feel like that's a big ordeal to pe get people in and out of the car. So I'm always killing time in between things. But guess what happens when I'm killing time? I'm spending money, lots of money. Okay, so recently uh, I was going to meet some family in Burlington and there's this shopping, so we're going to meet at Panera and there's all these other things you could do. And we were there, let's say an hour and a half early. Um, my whole family, like my husband and two kids, and we we're in the minivan. And there's Target, there's just things you could totally just look for things or I, my brain starts racking. What do we need? What do we need? And so I was like, you know what? Let's just, there's probably Starbucks too. I could get a Starbucks. Like I have to just kill time with stuff for, um, so yeah, we just pretty much stayed in the car and the kids kind of played with their like little watches. I was like doing like some thought work, like Korean Crabtree stuff. My husband's on his phone. We were talking. So I just realized how much time I spend figuring out what to do in between activities, you know? So just watch what you do. Like, do you really need to go to Target just because it's there and you have time, you know? So I just realized how much money I can save by not killing time. 
Because if you walk in a store, you're probably going to start thinking of all the things you need. You know, um, you know, Walmart is kind of can be that place because you have I can get a lot of good food there. I don't know about good food. I can get food there. I get a lot of frozen food. I'm a frozen food person. Um, and then also like all the extras, you can pretty much get your whole life there. So that's a tricky one. You realize all these things you need. And then, you know, Target, I do believe that, you know, something with the marketing and Target and Whole Foods, it's so beautiful in there. You just, you just want to be there forever. So, um, I think if you stop killing time or maybe just hang out in the car, it's okay. You could talk or have some activities in the car, um, make some phone calls, you know, I think you could save a lot of money. That's my tip. here with the lovely Beth Knaus. Did I pronounce your name right? You did a really good job, so it's Knaus. Yeah, but you said the K, which most people just don't. Well, that's what I was so focused on, Knaus. Knaus, like house, rhymes with house, Knaus. Oh, man. I felt good about it because I was really, I was going with, because for a long time I ignored the K and I just ignored, I had no idea how to say anything, but then I, okay. Almost there. So welcome to the show. I didn't even ask how to introduce you. You're a writer. I am a writer. Um, my company's That's a Spade Copywriting Services, and I do a lot of online content and blog writing, and uh, I help people with their bios. A lot of people like to have help writing about themselves because nobody likes to do that. And also, I do a lot of promotional stuff. So if someone wants to write about a program they're doing or they need help with an email newsletter, like to promote sales and things. I, I do that. I do pretty much, I'll try anything that people ask me to write. I love that. Yeah. I shouldn't really say that, but yeah. No, I, but like, why yeah, not? Within reason. Things within reason. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> like, um, you know, in, in the olden days when they had dating ads. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, like that would be fun. That would be a fun job. Is to just <laughs> write dating ads? Yeah, yeah, just write dating ads. It or write, would be. Do you ever do like dating profiles for people? Not as no, a, no, no. I don't, no. I don't, I think that would be tricky because I think it would be, you would want to write the truth and maybe some people don't see the truth the same way. They don't mm. see themselves the same way. I think that's worse than bios. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's deep. So tell me your story. You have an interesting story. You didn't come out of the womb a writer. You I had, yeah, you had other careers, and you had an interesting upbringing. You've gone through a lot, so just start when you were born. No, <laughs> when I was born, you're uh, from New York. I am from New York. I grew up in Long Island originally, and I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes people ask, "Gee, don't you wish you had siblings?" And I, I didn't when I was younger. There are sometimes now I wish I did, just because you know we're at that age where you start to lose people in your life and and things. I do have a stepsister. Um, and a stepbrother, but um, I'm close to my stepsister. So that helps. Yeah. So I grew up in, uh, I think the way I said it to you was a double alcoholic family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's very light material. And yeah. so when I was Lighten seven, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was seven, my dad got sober, which w- probably was the biggest godsend in my life, although I didn't know it then. And then when I turned 12, that's when I found that information out. And my, my mother's situation had gotten much worse. So he didn't really want to leave me at home much. And so he started to take me to AA meetings, which I actually have really fond memories of. But people will say to me, don't you think it's a little crazy that you were 12 and you were sitting in adult AA meetings? And I was like, no. It's kind of a loving It was atmosphere. like having aunts and uncles and all yeah. these really great people. You know, They loved my dad and, they, and I was like the mascot. So I didn't think it was weird right. um, at the time. But I learned so much there about life because you know, mm. everybody there is going one day at a time moment by moment, how do I handle my challenges of life and keep my stuff together? So um, my parents got divorced and my dad raised me. Mm -hmm. And he he didn't know how to raise a teenage daughter, so he raised me based on those principles. And I used to think that sounded like a hot mess, which I, I know that it does and is a little bit, but I also raised my kids the same way. And so the you know really great part for me is that I was the first generation to go to college at all. Mm. My kids will all be the first generation to go and get four-year degrees. I was the first one generation in my family to not be an alcoholic. My kids are the first generation to not grow up in an alcoholic environment. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's it's cool. How do you – do you – well, how do you handle – knowing that you have a addic- strong addiction in your family, like how do you handle – like addiction with your kids, with yourself? Are you very nervous about it? Do you try to stay away from any sort of vices or? Um, I don't, 
I can have a glass of wine. I just, I don't, I definitely feel now that I, I don't have that same person. I don't know how I had two parents that way and I don't have it. Again, I do look back to where my father took me and where I spent my time. I think mm-hmm. that was a big piece of it. But I'm the type of parent that talks open and clear with my kids about stuff. You know, some people are afraid and so they say nothing to their kids. And I'd be like, listen, if you're going to drink <laughs> and you're going to do this. This is what's going to happen. This is what our family history is. And this is your path in your life. You know, I'm not going to coddle you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you, you know, I'll help you if you get in a situation, but I'm not going to enable you at all. I'm, I'm very much like a tough love person. And, you know, I mean, my kids, I know, went out and did things that kids do, mm-hmm. but we always talked openly about it. And so... I feel pretty okay about it at this point, that they're going to be okay. Okay. That's great. And you have three? Two I have three. Boys? I have two girls and one boy. I okay. have I have women. Uh, I have a 24-year-old who lives in Philadelphia, okay. Rebecca. Oh, um, that's my name. Oh, oh that's right. Mm-hmm. Rebecca. Uh, and she just uh, started a new job. She's really, she's totally adulting, totally independent. Mm. And uh, Ariana who I don't know if you ever met her at She Breathes, but she, because she did a fundraiser for hospital gowns for kids. Oh. I'm sure you saw the promotion at yeah. some point. So she just graduated from Mass Art, and she's a fashion designer. Oh, yeah. Okay. I and, remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So she's doing great. She works for TJX. Mm-hmm. And then I have a son who's 19 who's at UConn, mm-hmm. and he is pre-med there, and he is uh, going to be enlisting in the National Guard as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... Really killing the game at oh, the moment, nice. <laughs> all of them. So yeah, that's that's really, it's good. So it's give good. me the secrets now, since I have little ones. Oh man! Besides, talk to them openly, which I think I have that going. Yeah, on. yeah. As much as it's scary, you just have to kind of. I mean, literally, I'd be like, I hear the kids are sniffing hairspray. If you touch my hairspray, I'm gonna beat you with the can. You know, I was really the huffings. Like, really, I know what this is going. I'd text them. I'd be like, What does this term mean? And you better not be doing it. And they'd be like, Mom. mom relax we're not doing that so but i you know i just let them know that like i i was aware of what was happening Mm -hmm. um as a kid i was pretty unsupervised my dad once my parents divorced my dad worked two jobs and so i was alone a lot of the time you know Mm -hmm. i had no siblings we didn't really have much family so i used to say to them you know, you are supervised. I am watching you. I am tired, but I am still watching you. <laughs> I'm tired. I you like know. that. Well, yeah, you know, single parent and you're working. I, I worked. Oh, were you a single parent? A lot. I was. Well, I got divorced mm-hmm. from their dad, and uh, which was a great thing. And I'm remarried now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were little. My son was four at the time. And so I've been known to work two or three jobs at a time, which is fine. Wow. <laughs> do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So... Um, let's see. Oh, I hate when I, um, I really pay attention to when people, um, oh uh, yeah, no, we can edit that. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, good. We'll edit that out. <laughs> Early on, um, Dimitri was, uh, maybe after the first episode, he's like, how particular are you about, you know, editing? And I'm like, eh, my brand is not perfect. So, right. But if you want the ums taken out, we will um it out for you. I'm actually fine. I, I think about it a lot just as a writer and listening to people speak that, I think it's one of the things we're conscious of, especially women, you know, and they'll be like, oh, I ummed and I did this and it was horrible. It was, it's okay. You know, it's like a pause. Yeah. Right. If you have to do it, you have to do it. So I'm kind of surprised how these turn out because sometimes I'm like, I kind of say it in my head, like, oh, I don't think I did well. or That wasn't as good. And then it comes out really good, even if he doesn't have a lot of editing. So right. I think you're just hard on yourself at the moment. That Absolutely. And I think the conversation, conversational element of your podcast is nice. It's casual. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Go on. It's cool. Go on. Uh, Where was I? Was I saying? You were just complimenting. No, no, no. So you're talking about single mom and just kind of, well, I think I got stuck on that part. Yes. So, okay, let's backtrack. So you asked about my family. So my dad raised me. I think I was saying that and we didn't have much family around. Oh, I know where it was going. So I didn't really have any role models to help me raise my kids, right? I was didn't was not close to my mom. She was not really available to me. And my dad did a great job, but he was really flying by the seat of his pants. I didn't have siblings. My family wasn't around. So I did worry while I was raising them. I would always say, God, I hope this is the right thing. I hope this is the right choice. And there were times when I would pick like a consequence for something. And if it didn't work, I would literally sit the kid down and say, listen, okay, for whatever reason you chose to do this again. So that means the path we chose didn't work. And now we're going to try something else because you can't be doing this. It's not safe. It's not mm-hmm. whatever. 
And mm-hmm. um, they just went. I'd be like, I'm really sorry. I chose the wrong thing. I want to teach you a lesson. <laughs> and so I taught you the wrong lesson. And we were going to try <laughs> something like else. how I talked to my kids. Well, yeah, but that's real life, right? Because then you just want them to know how to go out and live a safe and productive and abundant and generous life, right? You want them to go off and be good people. That's our job is to teach them how to go off and do that. Exactly. And so they can't do that if you don't equip them with the information, if mm-hmm. you're not honest about, listen, this is what happens. You right. Know? right. My kids all love to travel. Other parents are like, oh my God, aren't you nervous? Aren't you scared? Aren't you? I'm like, well, I am, but am I going to project that on my kids? Like they want to go out and have these experiences in their life, right? which is what we want for them. So. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely hard. Yes. And do yeah. it, does anyone live with you? Or are you empty So, nest? well, my oldest is in Philly, mm-hmm. um, which is great. A great city, great place to visit. And my middle daughter, Ariana, is at home mm-hmm. momentarily. Yeah. I think she might be heading to Texas in the summer. We'll see. Oh, wow. And then Aiden's at college. So he's he's home with me when he's not at, not at school. Awesome. And so th- part-time empty nesters. Yeah. How's that going for you? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you worried about how it would be or you kind of knew you'd be okay? No. So the interesting thing about um, having a second husband is mm-hmm. that when we first met and we were together, this family thing already existed. So it's kind of like we went backwards. We didn't have that alone time, mm-hmm. really. That and makes so sense. now we're having that opportunity to kind of be together and do the things we like. We have a lot of things in common and, you know, we like to spend time with each other so far. <laughs> so, so, so far. far so far you're still into each other <laughs> yep that's awesome yep. and so we met at she breathes yes and you're one of the are you like the inner circle i am part of the inner circle so is that like like a fancy <laughs> thing or is that like that's like a real thing that's not just like it's, you're just in with well Jen, it's who a real thing mm-hmm. um we're kind of like her advisors in okay. a sense and you know i i'm sure there are people who think that that doesn't sound like the best concept but we we really support her. Like when she has an issue, she emails us and she expects us to, you know, be there if there's a challenge or a problem to be solved or an event that needs to be put together. You know, we're the ones who show up to set up. We clean up. And other people do too out of the generosity of their hearts. But she really has that core. She'll say, I, I think I need to do this. What's your feedback? And mm-hmm. uh, so we advise, advise her on a lot of things. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean – I, did I meet you on the beach when my kids were running around? I Is did that... see you there too. Okay. Yes. Because I feel like that's the first time I like got a sense of you. And I don't know when people are on the show, I want to tell them what I think of them, which is kind of weird. But you just are, are very cool. And you laugh at my jokes. I feel like <laughs> you have a good sense of humor, at least. I don't know. I see like I make a comment at a Pepperly meeting and you kind of snicker when no one else gets it. So. Yes. Yeah. 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 We definitely have the same sort of humor. And I've found a couple of other She Breeds people mostly – like on Facebook, they're, I'm I'll always like their comments and stuff because they're snarky. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, it like an, a little bit of an edge, a sarcastic edge? Yes. Or is that what it is? Yeah, okay. I like that kind okay. of sarcastic. You know what? You got to have humor. Yeah. I didn't get where I am because I couldn't laugh at stuff. Or Yeah, seriously. You've had, you've had a lot of stuff to go <laughs> yeah. through, so it helps. And are you working on a book? I am working on a book that I've been working on for a long time. It's, it's kind of a complicated thing for me because I want to write about – being raised by my dad and being raised by those principles of the 12 steps mm. uh, in a 12-step program. And I'm really careful about how I talk about it because people who haven't been exposed to that think of it as being sort of cultish and sort of for people who are sick and for weak, you know, they're weak. And then I think a lot of that comes from fear, right? Everybody fears. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be there. But simple things like you know, just being in the moment. Like I remember when I was first divorced, my dad would say to me, you know, Beth, can you pay your bills today? Are your lights on? Do you have food in the refrigerator? And he would say, world could blow up overnight. You know, just just worry about today. You pay your mm-hmm. mortgage, great. You got another 20 days. Don't worry about the mortgage for 20 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did the same thing raising me. You know, mm-hmm. it's just about what bill do I have to pay today? You know, how much do I have to make? How are we going to make that work? It was all about survival and navigation mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing. So, oh gosh, lost my track again. So no, it's okay. at happens. 53 years old, I just want you to know on the back nine, you just, you have to stay on one topic <laughs> unless you want to finish You're it. You're in your 50s? I am. 
Wow. I am. See all that humor? It's youthful. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And you so. were, I'm backtracking. No, let's yes. keep going with the book and then we'll go to your beauty. Okay, yeah. So we'll let's go to your talk back about your beauty. the book. So yeah. anyway, I find myself like saying things like, I don't have any control over this. What do I have control over that I can do in a situation or... Uh, my dad would say, you know, thoughts and actions are two different things. You can think whatever you want, but how you choose to act on it is something different. Or, you know, facts and feelings. If you're in a situation that's stressful or anxious, it's okay. Have a little pity party and cry your eyes out. But then you have to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and, and deal with the with the issue. And figure mm-hmm. out how you're going to take action. So just really basic stuff. Right, right. You know? Uh, so I want to I want to write about that because I definitely feel like my life is the way it is because of the things that I learned and was able to carry with me in my toolbox. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because I've done um, Overeaters Anonymous, so I definitely um, not I haven't st- stuck with it for long, but I did it when the kids were little. Well, they're still little, like just born, um, and I had a lot of success. So I can't imagine being raised in the program. That's amazing because there'd be a lot of older people than me. I'd be pretty young for the group. And they're saying, wow, what a gift to have you in the program for your kids. Like, because they right. started so much later. Right. So I'm definitely not one of those people that would think that's weird to be raised in those rooms, you know? So right. there's so right. much, so much wisdom and insanity. And, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you see a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's like, listen, this stuff happens to people. So you right. have to make a choice. How do you want your life to go? Right. You know, right. do you want to be like that person or do you want to be like that person? Yeah. And then you have to, you have to make choices. Did he so. get the spiritual part, like the um, oh, getting on yeah. your knees sort of stuff? Stuff was art, always a little bit tricky. I don't know if they – did they do that in AA too, like higher yes. power? Yeah, so, yes, well, absolutely. Well, it all based on So AA. funny you should say that, Becky. <laughs> um, so I was actually raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my father took me to church. My mother wanted me to go and, and get all the sacraments and everything. She never took me to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my father was the one who did it. And then when I was 14, he was kind of like, you're – it's time now. You've been confirmed and you can decide on your own what you want to do. And I was amidst that like higher power, organic like mm-hmm. thing. And that was just so comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So then before I married my first husband, I actually converted to Judaism and people were like, oh my God, you'll never have a Christmas tree. What are you going to do? You know, are you really Jewish? And and I was Bye. like, listen, out. you know, my, my ex, it's one of the best things that happened to me in that marriage. And he really wanted it. He wanted his children to be Jewish. And, you know, as you know, if you, it's all about who's, what's the mother. And so I said, you know what? It's not as important to me as it is to him. I kind of have this whole spiritual vision. And if it needs to encompass those details, I'll learn about them. And Mm. I'm kind of a rule breaker. Like, you know, I didn't name any of my kids after with the first initial of someone right. who died like Jewish people did. Or yeah. There are times when I really like some things that happened in Christianity, and so I'll implement those. And I just avoid the Jesus thing, really. It's yeah, yeah, I do. yeah. You know, one spiritual higher power is good for me. So I actually really liked it. Taught me a lot about spirituality and that you have to find the best way to do whatever it is you're looking to do with religion. Are you looking to be a better person? Are you looking to connect with God? Are you, you know, just looking for a place where there's community and spirituality and um, volunteer opportunities and everybody has to find their their own path there. Welcome to the tribe. Yeah. Do you, um, so do you have a tree? Because I have a fake tree at my at my mom's house because we were raised celebrating both. But definitely so this is, uh, this is a little funny. I... Never loved having a Christmas tree. It was actually a traumatic thing for my childhood oh, because no. <laughs> it's actually so fun. I used to go with my mother to my grandmother's house and we would put up her tree. And she'd actually this beautiful fake tree. Yeah, it's all about the but fake tree. It, these big, heavy branches that were on these thick wires that had to go into this wooden piece. And I was the one who had to get on my back and scurry under the tree to put them in. And then everything was about control. You know, I wasn't allowed to like just throw tinsel on. It had to be one piece at a time. Oh, okay. And certain, it was just not a it fun wasn't experience. Fun. And my mother was in control. You know, and she'd be drinking, being obnoxious, and uh, and then we had to take it down. And then it was like that was a whole nother fiasco and nightmare. So Ooh. I was okay passing. Yeah, on yeah the you're tray. like the menorah. Just like the menorah. I love the menorah. I love Less just drama. Very, any sort of decorations have to do with winter. But now my husband now is. I wouldn't say he's Christian, but he grew up in a Chris, somewhat Christian environment. He mm-hmm. just doesn't really follow anything specific, but we, his family does Easter and Christmas and all that stuff. And I said to him straight up, I'm like, look, dude, I will never have a tree. 
but Ooh, my husband should hang out. He does yeah, not want a tree like, in our I house. I just don't want it. And I love lights outside. And my ex-husband didn't want lights. I was happy to have lights when I was done with him. And we have uh, we do stockings on Christmas Eve. Okay, that's that's festive. So. It is festive, and we really like it. And we we have breakfast at our house on Christmas morning with his par- his dad and his brother come over, and then we have Chinese food and go to the movies after. So that's so it's this balanced. <laughs> yeah, it's a balanced Christmas day. Everyone's happy. My kids think it's funny, but my when he moved in with us, I think my son was seven or eight, and so probably kill me for telling this story. But <laughs> we can edit uh, it later. If you what happened remorse. was when my son came down, we didn't tell the kids about the stockings, and the stockings were there. He was beside himself because there wasn't a tree. No, because he got a stocking and Santa had come to the Jewish kid's house. Literally ran into the middle of the street calling for his sister who was across the street. Santa came to the Jewish kid's house. (laughs) So beside himself. And then he came in. He was like, I have to call my friends. I have to call my friends. They're never going to believe Santa came to my house. And he was so... so cute. Yeah, one of his sisters wanted to like break the fun and tell him. And the other one was an opportunist. She was like, oh, yeah, stocking full of gifts. Yeah, Santa was here. It's okay. It was very, very oh funny. My gosh. So, yeah, we talk about that a lot. That's so funny. That's great. So tell me more about your your current business. So you kind of went over all the different things you do. Right. What's Like who's your ideal client? Who are you working with? Who do you want to work with? What's your favorite part? So I really like to... I guess I like to work with people who are somewhat creative, although all my clients are not in that realm, um, you know, who are willing to find some really unique way to express who they are. I learned something at a network event recently that, you know, like if we're all coaches, 90% of what we're all putting out there is pretty much the same stuff. It's that last 5 to 10% hmm. it where you can stand out. Mm-hmm. And so what do you want to say in your 5 to 10%? It's a small amount. What are your words? What describes you? I like people who are open to evolving and letting me like do that creative thing. I like to meet people face-to-face. I like to see what they wear, what their physical movements are, if they're funny, if they're serious. Mm-hmm. And that really helps me find their voice. But that said, like right now I'm working uh, with a guy who's like a scientific engineer But his struggle is that he's so bright, he doesn't know how to explain things in a a way to market his business, like for the layman who need his services. Okay. So I like to be able to help those people communicate what they do to their market because it's not easy. Not everybody's a communicator, right? Right. Um, So I like that. I've also worked with a couple of women where English is not their first language. Okay. And they speak really well, but the writing piece is hard, right? All the verb tenses and all the crazy rules in English. Uh, so that's pretty fun too. Oh wow! That's, I don't want to write about range. analytics. I don't want to write about statistics. I don't. Okay. <laughs> want to write so about that? Maybe sort of say stuff. no for those. Right. But, not but much. I can find fun. I'm learning. I, I learn a ton. Like the guy who's an engineer, like just his work and what he does. It's just cool to read about it and research it. It's and- exciting. Um, and you said that you've also you were talking about doing like movie scripts and different other types of fun yeah. writing. Yeah. That's actually been a fun thing in my life that's kind of been up and down. So years ago, I want to say maybe 20 years ago, I met this woman. She threw somebody else and she was looking for a partner to help her pay uh, somebody to adapt a book that she really liked. It was called Nobody's Girl. It was written by Antonia Nelson. And so we hired a screenwriter. We paid him. So we owned the script when that was done. It was a great script. Uh, gentleman's name was David Simpatico. He's a wonderful writer. He's done some off-Broadway stuff and things like that. And uh, But we wanted to change some things. So I had the opportunity to work on editing the script and making it what we wanted And we got pretty far. We did like a reading. We had actors and stuff. But then you get to the point where you need big money and you need distribution. And so that's where things uh, paused. I won't say ended. They paused. But I have the script. And my partner is pretty much – she's not really interested anymore. Mm -hmm. But I have spoken to somebody recently that I know who is looking at it and seeing what they would add or change in the script. And I have nothing to lose, right, to put it out there. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. And then I have another friend who is a TV director, and she's always like, are you going to write a TV pilot? Because, like, now is the time, you know, and she's got some good connections. So, yeah, so I have some nice creative opportunities. How do things – so do things – do you have to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to focus and think about something, or do ideas just kind of pop? Yeah, so a lot of the times I will just do idea generation first. I always write by hand first. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, especially if I'm talking to somebody on the phone or 
I don't know. There's just something about handwriting that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go in, I'll type it up, I'll print it out. Once it's in a, some sort of form that I can do that, right? And it's not just notes. And then I print it out and then I edit by hand on the page again. Like I go back and forth until I feel like I can just stay on the computer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens fast, sometimes not so much. So Okay. And so I work kind of all over the place, but you know, yes. us creative types, that's yeah. okay. Yep. People can piece it together like a <laughs> yep. quilt. So you didn't know, you didn't start, your first career wasn't as a writer. No. So you were in the beauty industry, which is maybe why you look so young or, <laughs> and the joy. So yeah, so I actually went to, uh, took beauty school in high school. It was an option I had at the school I went to. And I, I don't know, I just didn't want to, I was a bright kid in school. But I just couldn't see myself being an accountant. I was really good at math, and my mother wanted me to be an accountant. So I said, oh, I'll be a hairdresser then. Yeah, <laughs> exact like, opposite of what yeah. they want. Yeah. Uh, but I did take the classes necessary. I actually started the beauty school process a little bit late because academically I, I said that I would do what was required in case I wanted to go to college, which was great because I then did go to college for small business management. Hmm. I have like an associate's in small business management which helped me greatly because I worked in a number of different types of salons. I worked at the desk. I worked at a, as a male manicurist. I worked, you know, as a hairdresser. And then when I moved to Boston, I opened a business in the financial district. And that was really great. I loved it. I had 10 employees. I oh. got pregnant. I sold that business. Was that a beauty sal- Was that a salon? It was a salon, yeah. And, um, yeah, I had 10 great ladies who worked for me. Some of them I'm still friendly with today. And um, I worked for... Zotos International, which makes all kinds of hair care products. And so I used to go into salons and do education on products. I worked at trade shows. I did all sorts of really cool stuff. Some people, I like now saying I worked in the beauty industry because mm-hmm. there's a stereotype like, oh, I'm a hairdresser. People think that you're not necessarily educated or maybe you're not the brightest bulb or you're mm-hmm. that creative sort of floozy type mm-hmm. of person. And uh, I learned so much about mm. psychology, uh, psychology, people, business, sales, in all my experiences. So what went from beauty industry to writing? So I loved writing, and I have been writing probably since middle school, you know, angsty stories <laughs> and journaling about boys and that sort of thing. And then once I sold my business, everybody was like, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book about the hair salon, which I actually did. I wrote 300 oh. pages, which um, – the story itself is probably not magnificent, but just the idea that I could go from beginning to middle to end and write 300 pages was pretty inspiring. I joined a writing group, and for a long time I wrote for hobby, short stories, essays, and I really just thought someday I'm going to do this as a living. I'm going to write you know, for money. And mm. just the whole business piece. I love business. I love Pepper Lane. Yeah, I'm so um, excited about that. The concept of just sitting down and brainstorming like that is just so good for me. I find it really inspiring in a mm-hmm. small group like that to get that sort of feedback. What are they called? It's almost like a focus group in a sense, I think, okay. when you go to Pepper Lane. Uh, so I really love that. And that's one of the choices, one a, a part of the choice of becoming a leader for them that I really liked. So... Okay, there I go. I just lost my mind totally <laughs> again. Oh, no, no. It's totally cool. So writing, um, yeah, I don't even know because I'm so enamored by you where we went. <laughs> where we went from there. But let's transition to Pepper Lane because okay. this is pretty new. So you attended. It is new. I went to a couple meetings. I went to yours. My first one was with you. Yeah, and I so, want to take credit. Yep, you're my inspiration. <laughs> and then Kathleen Lawson. Okay. I went to her first Pepper Lane. Yeah. And was really on my game that day. I was on fire. Like, I had really great ideas for everybody. And she yeah. was like, you should think about doing this. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> I'm a, I am and great. so she recommended me, and uh, I interviewed, and here I am. So next week I have my first on Ooh. Tuesday, the 18th. I'm excited. I'm and excited. she breathes. So as the worlds breathes. are coming together. That's right. Coming yeah. full circle. Yeah. Coming full circle. So. I can't wait. I'm so yes. excited. I can't wait to hear about it. And you got a cute little package. I of did. Everything. I loved the box jealous. with all the stuff. It was so cool to yeah. get a package of materials for the meeting. So, okay. So I knew where we were. So I wrote for <laughs> Hobby for a long time. And then I started to do like little jobs here or there that I could do for people. I knew my son was going to head off to college and we were going to downsize. So about a year before that, I said to my husband, listen, this is going to be my thing. You know, I've done everything for everybody to get where they need to go. And when we move, I'm not cutting hair in the basement. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm going to write. 
Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, so here I am. So how long has that been that you've been About doing? Three years. That? Okay. So it's pretty new. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's going pretty well. And so because of your business background, it's pretty easy for you to kind of network and promote yourself, it sounds like, which which helps. Yeah, I actually, I feel like I need the networking piece because, I mean, working with people with their hair is so social. Right, right. And so that element's been removed and I'm working at home, you know, yeah. as a writer, so. Is that your your space usually just at your house or can you write at like Starbucks or yeah, She Breathes? Yeah, I can write wherever and sometimes I need a change of pace. But I have a nice office in this house I like to work in. If people are home, sometimes I'm like, okay, bye, I got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Were you that person like in college, I always felt like that stress of writing or did it always come easy to you to just sit down and write? Like I would save the papers kind of yeah, the last minute. I didn't really have a hard time with the yeah. writing piece. The thing that I did not like in school was I would not get up and speak in front of people. How's that if you going could now? Imagine. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is I once I started working for Zotos, I had to go in and speak in front of people, and mm. not only that, I had to go to their corporate headquarters and do a mock like presentation. And I remember being there and going, "What am I doing? Like, well, how did I get here? Who let me come here and do this?" Yeah. And that was really a turning point for me. Uh, was that I had to get up and do it, and I survived, and I was okay. And mm-hmm. then I went into salons, and that was okay. And then I started to work for Art Matters. Oh, yeah, that other, yeah. yeah. Art so, Matters are so great. Yeah, how did that happen? Art Matters is awesome. So the mm-hmm. woman who runs it, uh, her name is Jane Blair. She was my neighbor. Okay. And so she started this business, and she needed people to talk about art. I had been a volunteer in a similar program in my kids' school, and I had just gotten divorced, and I needed to make money. And mm-hmm. so... It took me a while to be comfortable to get up and speak, but I go out, I don't know, three to five times a week and I oh, do that much you're doing. art presentations. Yeah, I go in with a box of like 35 prints, put them up on the wall as I talk about Monet or the Renaissance or whatever topic. Uh, and people love it. It people is, love it. We had, um, is it Sarah who does it? Yeah, not anymore, but Sarah went oh, she to you. Know, yeah, she went to Memory Cafe in Sharon where I work, and it was, nice. people loved it. It was very, like, high-end. Like, I just felt like it's it was cool. It's a cool yeah. event. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted it to happen yeah, it's again. it's a lot of fun. Where are you going for that? Is it nursing homes? Where's... So, I like to go to independent living facilities. I go to some assisted living facilities, libraries. Tonight, I'll be at the Walpole Public Library. Ooh. And uh, next month, I'll be at the Norwood Public Library. So really, any group that will have us will do it, but the older folks are a really good demographic for that. What do you do? We did Norman Rockwell. I nice. assume he's a hot one. Yep. What else do you? People love Rockwell. Like, what's a uh, popular one? So, people love Homer. Okay. Uh, they love the Renaissance. They love Impressionism. Anything that has to do with Impressionism is what I'm, t- I'm going to talk about tonight. So, it'll be a good crowd. So, is that something you already kind of had a lot of knowledge about and interest, or did you kind of develop more of an interest as you? took the job? Both. Okay. Both. So I had done that thing in school with my kids. And uh, so I knew a little bit, but learning more and more about art. And what I say to people that people don't realize is that art is just visual communication. It's just a different perspective, right? And a different view on what somebody's trying to communicate that maybe they can't find the words for, but mm. they can use color and line and shape. Mm. And so I really feel like that heightens my writing. Like when I know what somebody's whole brand is and what their logo looks like and the energy of the colors they choose. And I know in the art world, like what that signifies. And it really helps me, I think, communicate people's voices a little bit sharper almost. Mm. That's great. Yeah, I like it. I like the balance in your life. I feel good about it. I'm so glad you think I'm balanced. <laughs> Isn't that important that I think you're you're well balanced? I mean, you know, some kids are at home and then you have the writing, you yeah. have the art, she breathes, Pepper Lane. I, I'm, I'm liking how you spend your time. Yeah. Phew. It's taken a while to get to that sort of balanced place, right? It definitely was an investment making some tough decisions along the way, but I yeah. do feel like I'm kind of coming into my own. You're in your flow. I am. Would that be like a flow sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm getting there. Besides doing all these interesting things and being awesome, like what do you do to kind of get yourself in a good place? Because you are part of She Breathes, so I right. assume you have a woo, maybe a little woo-woo side or are we doing some yoga? I do a little bit. I love yoga. Yeah. Um, I wish so I would do. I try to do two or three days a week that I can get to a class at yoga. I Back in July when I was on vacation, I was like, I'm going to get this meditation thing down. How's and that? So I probably meditate about five mornings a week. Just for like 10 minutes. Sometimes I'll go 15 if I want to live large that day. <laughs> Try to journal a little bit. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. So you got the self-care thing going on. So I just want to finish off like any – like so you're writing a book. So that's kind of a big 
big yeah. vision. Any what's like what's next for you? Do you see anything next or just kind of enjoying your flow? Yeah, I think I have to to get the opportunities are just like I feel like coming to me because I am making myself open and I am yeah. getting into that balanced place. So uh, I think I'm going to be helping in May with a women's leadership breakfast. It's mm. going to be about women, work, and worth because I feel like women need to learn how to charge for their services appropriately. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't charge what they deserve. And mm-hmm. I don't have that problem. You've always been good at that. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've slowly okay moved up. Yeah. yeah it, I it doesn't hurt me. a handful of things that have been great because I was raised by a man, to be honest. Oh, yeah, it's just like you need to make a living. You go out and make a living. It's very simple. It's factual, right? Facts over here, feelings over here. Yeah, you do seem as pragmatic, the word, or very, mm-hmm. very logical, like in a good way, not in a yeah. bad way. Yeah, yeah try to be. That helps. Moments, but yeah, so that, I'm a wise her expert. Oh, uh, yeah. Wise her is a great platform for any entrepreneur who's looking just for 30 minutes or an hour of consult with any sort of specialist. There's, I don't know, I want to say like 2,000 specialists or more in WiseHer now. So mm-hmm. you just want to chat with somebody, you know, as soon as possible and you just have questions and you don't want to commit to like a six-month program or something. You can talk to a specialist for an hour. That's a great, it that's is a great really resource. Great. Susan awesome. Finn told me about that. Yeah. yeah and she's cool. on there too. So I have that, but I think that's enough. I think- yeah. Um, <laughs> That's I think I'm going to definitely start to put more focus on my writing is like most people doing my own personal thing always waits a little bit longer. So I have to, uh, I have to bring that to the, to the forefront. Yeah. Well, excited about the book. Well, maybe you can write a sitcom cause there needs to be some yeah, new. I'll have some humor to go with the heavy. Yep. Right? There's yep. that balance again. Yep. So I'm going to nudge you about that sitcom because I want another okay, Sh- Schitt's cool. Creek and we both like Schitt's Creek. So okay. that's good. So how do people find you on social media? So I am on Facebook. I have a business page, That's a Spade. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Beth Canaus. I'm on Instagram, That's a Spade and Beth Canaus. And I do have a Twitter, but I'm not really good on Twitter. Um as people on there, I don't really want to talk to the president, and, um, <laughs> so I just avoid it. And I have a website. It's that'saspade.com. And if people want to go there, they will have the opportunity to sign up for my newsletter and then receive editing tips for the non-declared, the self-declared non-writer for people Ooh. who need some editing help on their own work. So Awesome. And you teach courses. I do. God, how do I, I do all of this? When do I, I sleep? I know. You're amazing. I do. Just a couple of months I teach. A uh, couple of times a month I teach creative writing at She Breathes. Okay. So. Awesome. Well, Beth is amazing. Thank you for being on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Becky, for having me. <laughs> <laughs>